Okay, hello and welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, coming to you from Mount Soma, USA, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of uh, Western North Carolina. Today's uh, title is Madhurga Rising. Watch for these signs, you know, so many people I mean, you can just feel a tension in the air, you know, the, everywhere you look, there's conflict. If, 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 politics, uh, uh, interpersonal relationships, the guy down the street, you know, just seems like everybody's on edge. And uh, of course, internationally, you know, and um, so people are kind of wondering what's going to happen. So we're going to talk about that today. And, you know, we've talked about the phase transition into a golden age and all that, but today I'd like to get on more of a pragmatic level and talk about um, what things, actual tangible things we can see in the world or we've experienced that I think are good indications that, uh, yeah, that the phase transitions are around the corner. Before we do that, though, uh, this time of year is really a busy time of year because, you know, summertime, a lot of people come visit Mount Selmas late spring, summer, and uh, landscaping is going wild. We have so much grass to mow and plants to prune and this and that. Uh, so, uh, and then all the guests, you know, um, there's a lot to preparing for them and looking after them while they're here. So uh, we have someone that is, is, would like to volunteer to come to Mount Soma. Uh, they don't have tons of money, you know, and so they said they would... Uh, uh, like to come, but you know, they couldn't. And so bottom line, if, if anybody has any miles like with Delta or whatever that they'd like to donate uh, so that we can help him get, get here, get him here. Uh, uh, please call the office and let us know. And then uh, we'll get back to you. You can either text us or email us or just reach out to us anyway. And uh, we will get back to you. Um, I guess also while they're here, they're going to need a, a car and I guess there's some kind of auto rental points or something like that. I don't even understand all this acts rewards, whatever that is, enterprise airline auto rental rewards. I don't know, but anything like that, that anybody has that they're not going to be using. Um, uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd reach out and let us know. And there might be other people that, uh, in a similar situation that would like to come here for a couple of weeks or longer, whatever, and help out. And you'd be more than welcome to do that. And uh, uh, if you need, you know, some help in making it happen, um, if we get enough mile credits, we could uh, help you out as well. Uh, okay. So back to Ma Durga rising, you know, Ma Durga, uh, you know, Durga is a uh, aspect of Mother Divine that oftentimes is depicted as someone very uh, vicious, you know, with weapons and all these arms and all these different weapons and things. But there's also, a, of course, a loving and compassionate component to Mother Durga. She's the mother, you know. And uh, uh, I've told that story before about when Shiva and Vishnu were fighting and she took them both by the hands and said, you know, calm down, cool it. And they did. And, uh, peace reigned, you know, and, uh, 
so that's the phase transition that we're in now. And all those things I've talked about how they've been predicted uh, for so many years, thousands of years, 5,000 years ago, to my account, is the earliest time it was predicted for this particular time period. Uh, but, you know, it's difficult for us to, um, I think in a lot of ways, it's hard for us to even accept that. How could that be? Because we look around and things just are getting more and more inflamed. I mean, even politically, the left can't stand the right. The right's angry with the left. They're all mad at each other. Uh, Democrats, Republicans, the whole thing. And, and internationally, you know, you got China and all those threats and North Korea. And, uh, of course, the COVID virus is going crazy in India. And it's like, what in the world is going on? And there's a tension that you can feel. Now, we could say, well, wait a minute, what about World War II? Things like that have happened before. And I'm not downplaying that, of course. But if you can take a step back, I think, and just kind of feel into any age, any period of time, any decade, there's a certain tension or tonal quality to this particular one that you can feel it. It's kind of unique. And, and uh, it is unique. And uh, so let's take a look at, at, at why that is. Um, for one thing, I even personally know, just in my own personal life, I know of two technologies that have uh, huge potential to transform the world. But one thing or another, there's just all these obstacles, be they bureaucratic or, uh, or what have you. And there's absolutely no reason for it, but it's like some kind of shoestring tackle, if not a major obstruction. And it just, they're just not happening. And there are tons of things like that. I've talked about how um, uh, they're back to, you know, we're worried about the pollution of the oceans and all the plastic, tons of plastic being dumped in the oceans daily, polluting the ocean. There's a bacteria that's been developed that would go in the ocean, digest those plastics, and when all the plastics are gone, the bacteria would die off because there's nothing else for them to eat. Um, I just found out, this was what, the day before yesterday. There's a, um, I never knew about this. I don't know if it's a new or thing or what, but there's a bacteria that uh, competes with the pathogenic uh, bacteria in a pond. And so you dump this healthy or this bacteria in the pond and it uh, eats up all the food that the pathogenic disease-causing bacteria eats. And so the disease-causing bacteria dies away. And then when there's no more of that stuff to eat, the bacteria you jumped in dies away. That bacteria is not harmless to people, fish, pets, anything. And uh, there's so much like that. Uh, our relationship with viruses and bacteria is just in its infancy. Uh, there are good viruses. There's good bacteria. Um, and it's, it's all about a balance. There's a toothpaste. It's called uh, Revitin. And uh, I guess it's R-E-V-I-T-I-N. I don't know, Revitin. But 
what it does, it doesn't try to kill the bacteria in the mouth. It balances the bacteria, the good bacteria, and even what we would consider maybe the bad bacteria, but it creates a balance. And by virtue of that, tartar doesn't build on the teeth. Stains don't accumulate on the teeth. Uh, and I'll tell you, I mean, I, I started using that Reviton, oh, I don't know, I'm guessing about a year ago. All of a sudden I go to the dentist to get my teeth clean and just tick, tick, tick a little bit like that. Okay, you're done, you know, and then they polish them. Uh, things like that are all over the place. But what we're doing now is we look at the, at the difficulties in the world and there's a tendency that we have to extrapolate. The sun rises and so it goes from, you know, 50 degrees to 60 degrees, and then a couple hours later, 70 degrees. If we extrapolate, you know, we extend that line, we calculate out that by midnight tonight, we're all going to be dead because that world's going to be on fire. Well, there's all kinds of tensions going on right now during this phase transition. That, that's what this is, is a phase transition into a golden age. And, and you can feel it. There's a uniqueness to those tensions. And we extrapolate. And the way that's going, there's going to be all kinds of crises, you know. But nature doesn't work that way, you know. Uh, and particularly now with what the ancient seers have told us, you know, that, yeah, things are going like that. Or maybe we shouldn't say going like that. But we're at that moment of phase transition. It's going to shift. Now, when you take a ball and you throw it up in the air, at some point it starts coming back down. But there's a moment of transition from when it's going up to when it starts going back down where it stops. Kind of like for an instant, it's suspended in space. Same thing with a pendulum. When it swings for a moment, it stops. And then it goes up. And right now, we're at that point of suspension. You can feel it if you, if you just, it's hard to get past our concerns and our worries and our fears and our emotions and our biases and things. But if you can do it, I'm not saying it's easy, but if you can do it, you can feel it. it's like, oh, yeah, there's a tension like that right now. It's, it has that unique value to it. And things are going to start shifting. And, and when they do, like a pendulum or the ball, it starts out slowly, but then it starts moving fast, faster, faster, faster like that. And so we're, we are moving into that golden age. And uh, uh, there are plenty of signs plenty of science, like the technologies, the, the couple that I know about, bacteria technologies, virus technologies, over and above the two that I'm talking about that I'm aware of personally. Um, all, that, all that is happening. And see, Mother Nature, Mother Nature supports the whole sun rising, sunset cycle. Things don't extrapolate out to infinity, but they return and like that. And uh, uh, there was a time, I, I will tell you, there, there was a time, and we're going back maybe 50, 60, 70 years, where it was highly questionable uh, how that phase transition was going to take place because it can take place comfortably or it can take place catastrophically uh, uh, and so really a lot of the work 
that spiritual groups have done. And a lot of the work that here at Mount Soma we're doing, really the purpose of Mount Soma, you could say, was to bring about, help bring about that phase transition, which is inevitable. We're going into a golden age, but to bring it about gradually, not with some big uh, apocalypse, you know, uh, like for example, the Cuban missile crisis, that was right on the edge, wasn't it? And, uh, uh, a lot of these different tensions, but we've done, well, I don't even want to say enough because we could have always done more. And if we did more right now, we would have entered that golden age so smoothly that we wouldn't be feeling this incredible tension uh, in the world, you know, but we did our best, you know, and I think a lot of the uh, uh, obstacle to it, frankly, is um, paradigm identity. People hear it, and if you're willing to take a step back and look at it and analyze the data and analyze, you know, so many amazing things that I've talked about in previous podcasts, it's like, yeah, this is happening. But um, uh, we have a hard time doing that. We have a hard time really realizing that there's a whole new paradigm emerging. And as that paradigm emerges, um, we're going to come into a golden age. The technologies are there. Why don't we really investigate? How in the heck did the Egyptians build the pyramids? Uh, how did that guy in, uh, what is it called, the Coral Cast Castle in South Florida, on his own, some little guy in the middle of the night, build these incredible things and he said he knew the he figured out the uh, secret of how the egyptians built their pyramids he's got some big huge multi-ton boulder i guess pivoting on a point it's like a swinging door he did it by himself huge boulders up on top of walls you know and uh you know if you watch that tv series uh, ancient aliens you know they talk about these incredible technologies that are there Temples, we don't know how they build them in, in India, in uh, Peru, uh, all over the world. Uh, to develop those technologies, we need to go through this paradigm shift. And when we do, those technologies that are not really that uh, identifiable, ascertainable from the current approach we have to science, to physics like that, uh, when, when we do that shift to a new paradigm of scientific still, but a new paradigm, all those things are going to become available. And we're already seeing, we're already, even with our old paradigm, we're seeing we're on the verge of transforming the world. You know, I had a uh, economics professor when I was in college. He was a great guy. And he said something once that really stuck with me. I think I've said it in a previous podcast, but it's so pertinent here. He said, uh, the economy is so complicated that it's like if you have some big, huge oak tree and it's autumn and the leaves are falling from the tree, trying to predict where the economy is headed is like trying to predict where every single one of those leaves is going to come to rest on the ground. And at the same time, there is a determining factor to that, not ascertainable on the surface of life, but still accessible uh, if we develop 
a technology that enlivens Mazurga, enlivens the harmonizing aspect, enlivens the uh, aspect that brings order and coherence that's inherent in the underlying basis of existence and brings that to the surface. And, and, and thereby the winds blow the direction they need to blow. Everything happens the way it needs to happen. So the leaves land on the ground. Our economy lands on its feet, not on its back. That's the technology. That's the technology that we're missing. And that technology, if we can develop that technology, that one technology, then what happens is all these other technologies fall into place. Why? Because we've created the order and the coherence that becomes a source of constructive life-supporting uh, paradigms, worldviews, actions that bring about a golden age. And, and that's, you know, as I've talked about, that's what we're doing here at Mount Soma. That's what we're building uh, with the Sri Sameshwara Temple. That's what we're doing. But there's so much more we need to build here. That's why I'm saying the technology is there. It's real. It's accounted for. It's proven over and over again. If you just go look at some of these ancient temples, it works. All we want to do is develop it. And there's a technology uh, that was offered to us by Mamuni Mayan. Mamuni Mayan, you know, there's Vishwakarma. He's the cosmic uh, architect. Mamuni Mayan is like the cosmic architect, but specifically not for the whole universe, but for Earth. And Mamuni Mayan in his writings, in his cognitions from thousands of years ago, and we have them, tells you how to build an enlightened city, what we're trying to do here at Mount Soma, uh, to bring about that transformation. And, and uh, that's what we're doing here at Mount Soma. And projections, we have all the plans, the architectural drawings from the South Indian uh, Vedic architects, the Stapatis, the Vastu experts, that have those writings of Ramunamayan, translated them, and has have, we have the drawings. This is what you need to build. And if you build this, the, and the pundits will know how to operate it, and when it becomes operational, all this is going to change. And that is what we're doing. That's what we're about. It's going to take a lot of money. Well, a lot of money. It's going to take $200 million, which is the price of one atomic bomb, I think. Probably the bomb costs more, way more than that. Probably. I don't know. But I mean, it's just on a global scale. It just makes so much sense to just do it. And why don't people embrace it? I mean, there are billionaires out there. They could fund this and not even feel it. Why don't they? Paradigm identity. It doesn't make sense to their current paradigm that they're possessed by, really. Uh, but we're going to keep plugging away sometime out there. Somewhere out there, they're going to hear us. And uh, uh, there is a principle, and, and I've talked about this before too, positive attracts negative. And so as we build positivity here with Mount Soma, with the temple and stuff, it draws the Rakshasa value. It's called the negativity value, the component that obstructs the progress. And that obstruction works through the hearts and minds of people. So they hear about this, oh, yeah, sure, oh, no, oh, you know, I can't believe there are, you know, all the projections that happen in the world. 
but we just keep moving forward. We keep plugging away in spite of the negativity, any kind of criticism, any kind of anything. It's all part of the process. Uh, patience reaps rewards, steady hand on the rudder, and we will attain the goal. All right, um, Scott, Adrian, anything that you guys want to add? Any comments about all this? Uh, so when you're talking about technologies, you're not talking about building a supercomputer that's going to solve all these process, all these problems. This is something that wells up through consciousness that then you use the things that are already existent in nature, like what you're talking about. Like it, it's a, it's a really good point. I mean, especially these days, because when we think of tech, we think of big tech and there's a lot of negativity around that now, I guess, but uh, there are the technologies that I did, talked about that we already know of that involve, uh, uh, you know, bacteria, viruses, all those different things that I talked about. Uh, but you're right, Adrian, that we're talking about a whole new kind of technology, a technology of the unified field, a technology that uh, the Rishis cognize, the ancient seers um, uh, developed you know, thousands of years ago. Uh, and well, we we're talking about re-enlivening those, and those are largely technologies of consciousness. Consciousness is the fundamental building block. It's, the, it's actually pure consciousness is pure isness. It's the stuff, the thing. Pure consciousness is the one thing that the whole universe is created out of. But when consciousness interacts with itself, you see, on, on that transcendental level, technologies of consciousness uh, reveal themselves that on this more superficial level of the technologies we developed from our current level of paradigm identity are unavailable, unknown, unbelievable, uneven acceptable. How could they do that? And so that's why this thing about ancient aliens even came in, into being. That TV show is so popular. Why? because we can't believe that anybody ever really knew that. So it had to be some alien group from outer space, outer space. It's easier for people to accept that than to accept that in the ancient times, people did it. Even though there are structures all over the world, there's proof all over the world, really, that uh, those technologies were available and they no longer are. But by employing this major technology that we know about thanks to Mamuni Mayan and implement it, all these other technologies will fall into our laps. That's a good point, Adrian, you know, it's an important point. You know, we just need some, somebody with some money out there to hear us and this whole thing would just take off, you know, like a boom, you know. Anything else? Scott, Adrian? Nothing no. for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess that'll do it for now. So, um, again, if anybody can help help us out to get some of these volunteers here to help, uh, help out with Mount Soma for a little while, uh, you can reach out to us, michaelmamas.net. There's a way of contacting us or shusameshra.org. There's a way of contacting us. Just go online and... Uh, let us hear from you and we will get back to you. 
All right. So thanks everybody for listening. And we will talk with you more again next week on Ancient Secrets Review.